Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 well daniel chapter 9 we're going to be picking it up in verse 1 through 19 this morning as you guys know a few weeks ago we were in daniel chapter 8 and to give a quick recap to bring us up to speed with where we're at this morning daniel chapter 8 verse 1 through 2 we saw that daniel had a vision We saw that the ram represents the Medo-Persian Empire, the goat representing the Greek Empire, the small horn representing a new character that we were introduced to called Antiochus Epiphanes. Not the ultimate Antichrist, but a picture of the Antichrist to come. And then in Daniel 8, 15 through 19, we saw that an angel was brought to help Daniel with this vision. And then our last verses, 23 through 27, we saw that the king of fierce countenance represents that future antichrist to come. And we finished off a few weeks ago talking about this concept of prophetic living. That the fact that God has been 100% faithful in the past should encourage us that he will be 100% faithful in the future. And everywhere that you see throughout scripture, whenever prophecy is given, there is this call to action afterwards. There's this call to holiness now that because God is coming, that we need to be ready now. We are the army that is being risen up. Today, as we enter to Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 through 19, we're going to be looking at a our, our title this morning called The Power of Prayer. The Power of Prayer. And our goal by the end of this is that we would move a little bit closer to this understanding that we would learn to love to be alone with God. That we would learn to love to be alone with God. How many of you guys know that we often want to slip away to the things that bring us comfort or joy, to the things that maybe alleviate stress. Maybe we slip away to comfort food, right? That's why it's called comfort food. Maybe we slip away to our favorite TV show or movie on Netflix and Hulu or a book or video games if you're into that, or we slip away to maybe an outdoor hobby, go fishing, hiking, shooting, whatever it might be. We slip away to these things that we want to do. We slip away to that which brings us comfort and joy, but you already know where we're going with this. What should bring us the ultimate comfort and joy, right? The God of heaven in earth. The God of heaven and earth is the one that we should be slipping away to. We see that with Jesus throughout his ministry, he was moving and going and ministering, and yet he always prioritized time to spend with his Father. And if Jesus needs to pray, how much more so do we need to? We're going to be breaking down our 19 verses in this way. Verse 1 through 2, we're going to look at Daniel's reason for prayer. And then in verse 3, we're going to see Daniel's preparation 
for prayer. And I would reckon that Daniel's preparation for prayer is perhaps a lot different than our preparation for prayer. And then verse 4 through 19, we're going to look at how Daniel prays on behalf of his people. And then finally, we're going to just unpack this topic of the power of prayer. And I think that we can all agree that prayer is, is a topic that we could unpack for the rest of our lives. But we're just going to touch on some highlights today. Now, I think that we can all agree that we all know that we need to pray more, right? Say amen if you know you need to pray more. <laughs> and the word amen, just as a fun fact, means let it be done. Let it be done. So when we say that we need to pray, amen, absolutely, let that be done. Let us pray. But it's one of those things that is simply understood. Prayer is simply understood but it's often one of those things that are so difficult to do consistently. It's a discipline that is difficult to do consistently. And for me, with regard to prayer, I know that when I had gotten saved, probably about freshman year of high school, when I was growing in my sophomore, junior, senior year, that there was the most powerful moments that I personally had during those times when I was just on the floor, on my knees, with just the Bible on the floor and just praying before God, weeping before the Lord, tears falling on the pages of Scripture. And then when I went to Bible college, this understanding deepened a little bit more, particularly when I was at Calvary Chapel Bible College, Murrieta, in my second semester. They had a little chapel there, and uh, at at 5 a.m., I would spend the first hour of my day with the Lord. And I just want to share with you something. I know that you're not in Bible college right now, and you're not in that season of life, and I know that we've got lots of things, especially if you have kids and a job that is extremely demanding, and just all of these things. We understand that it's difficult to prioritize the discipline of prayer, but can I just share something with you? Every healthy relationship, and we all know this to be true, every healthy relationship has healthy communication, right? Would you agree on that? And so... We've already talked about that your relationship with God will determine your relationship with everyone and everything else. And so if this isn't good, then man, your marriage is going to struggle. If this isn't good, then the way that you interact with your kids is going to not be correct. If this isn't good, then your performance and character at work is not going to be there. And the list goes on and on. And so prayer is a lifeline. Prayer is a lifeline. Though prayer is simply understood It's a difficult discipline to do consistently, but I would just ask, where is your heart at with it? Do you prioritize prayer? Now, verse 1 through 2, as we now look at Daniel, and we get to see one of the most beautiful prayers throughout all of Scripture. The first few verses are going to be kind of leading up to it. So verse 1 through 2 of Daniel chapter 9, as we now look down at our Bibles, says, In the first year of Darius, son of Ahasuerus, who was of Median descent and who had been appointed king over the Babylonian Empire, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, came to understand from the sacred books that the number of years for the fulfilling of the desolation of Jerusalem, which had come as the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah, would be 70 years. Now, this passage here in Daniel 9 is really one of the most impressive prophecies in all of Scripture. It further verifies the reliability of the Bible. We all know that prophecy is God's signature within Scripture. That prophecy sets apart the Bible above every other piece of literature in the world. 
You'll notice how it says in the first year of Darius, son of Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus was the Hebrew name for Xerxes, which was his Median name. Most scholars would place this event here of Daniel chapter 9 in 538 BC. And some scholars would actually agree that Daniel, here in Daniel 9, is about 82 years old by this point. And can I just make a quick note on that? If you're still alive, God can still use you. Right? Retirement is in heaven. Now, what are Jeremiah's prophecies that he refers to here? Now, you can turn there if you'd like, but I'm just going to read it for you. It's in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11 through 13. This is what Daniel is referencing. In Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11 through 13, God says, God says, quote, This whole country will become a desolate wasteland, speaking of Israel. And these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. But when the 70 years are fulfilled, I will punish the king of Babylon and his nation, the land of the Babylonians, for their guilt, declares the Lord, and will make it desolate forever. I will bring on that land all the things I have spoken against it that are written in this book and prophesied by Jeremiah against the nations. Now, what is amazing here is that Daniel was reading his Bible. He had known the prophecies that God had given, and he was also looking at the world around him, and he could see these events beginning to line up. There is a reason why it's so incredibly important to uh, further that phrase that I'm sure that we've heard, to have the Bible in one hand and our newspaper in the other. Although nowadays it might be the Bible in one hand and your news app in the other. Or if you have your Bible and your news app on your phone, just now that analogy begins to kind of crumble. But I want to maybe take that a step further that, yes, have the Bible in one hand, but man, you better have that Bible elevated. Because how many guys know the Bible is far above the news that we read today? And sometimes we get so consumed with what we see on NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox, and every other three-letter network, and we forget what God's Word says because we've gotten consumed with what man says. And God's Word never changes. But how many of you guys know man's Word? Well, you get the point. There is a reason it's important to know what God's word says with the future and with what God is doing today. And if you want to know what God is doing today, just look at Israel. Look at Israel and pair that up with scripture. Verse 3, as we now look at Daniel's preparation for prayer, Daniel says, So I turned my attention to the Lord God to implore him by prayer and requests with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. This is not one of those quick prayers like we normally do before enjoying a meal, unless you clothe yourself in sackcloth and ashes before a meal. I'm just going to say it out loud. That's weird. But that's not what Daniel's doing. This is both quantitative and qualitative prayer, quantitative for time and qualitative for depth. Daniel is meaning business in this prayer. Daniel's study of scripture is what led him to turn to God and to pray a prayer of confession and petition while fasting. 
And let me just put the question out there. When was the last time you cared so much about a situation you fasted for it? And I don't mean fasting for an hour just because you didn't get that snack in. I mean intentional fasting for a prolonged amount of time because you wanted to nourish your spirit more than nourishing your body. Because you wanted to see a move of God in that situation or that person's life or maybe something that you yourself are dealing with. And I don't know who needs to hear that, but man, maybe you've got a situation, a person or something personally going on and you've tried lots of different things. Have you tried fasting? Have you tried fasting? Now, I have no idea the correlation between fasting and prayer and breakthrough in situations and circumstances. No one knows how we can correlate. A plus B does not always equal C. There's not a mathematical formula that says if you do this much prayer and fasting, that equates to this much breakthrough in a situation. We have no idea how that works, how prayer and fasting works, but we know it works. We know that every move of God within Scripture, within the past 2,000 years of church history, it has always been, always been, always been on the foundation of scripture, prayer, and fasting. It is that simple. It is that simple. So if you want to see just breakthrough of God's spirit, if you want to see another revival throughout this county and beyond, the word, prayer, and fasting. Now, wearing sackcloth and ashes was evidence of mourning and grief and sorrow and repentance all throughout the Bible. Again, Daniel means business here. And here's something for me personally and for you. Does your reading and understanding of God's word drive you to God himself? Does your reading and understanding of God's word drive you to God himself? We've talked about how every time we open up the Bible, one of the main goals is that we would have an understanding of the word of God so that way we would have a stronger relationship with the God of the word. And that's what Daniel is doing here. In verse 4 through 19, we now see his prayer being unpacked, unpacked and, and we know that he's about 82 years old. We know that his people are in turmoil He's in sackcloth and ashes. He's in mourning and grieving. And so the stage is set for this prayer. Verse 4, I pray to the Lord my God, confessing in this way. O Lord, great and awesome God, who is faithful to his covenant with those who love him and keep his commandments. Now, you'll notice that when you compare this to the model prayer of Jesus, which is our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, so on and so forth, which can I make just a quick side note here? That's not called the Lord's Prayer. That's actually the model prayer. The Lord's Prayer is John 17, where the Lord Jesus is praying in that whole chapter. The Our Father who art in heaven, so on and so forth, is the model prayer. When Jesus' disciples came to the Lord Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he gave him this model, Lord, teach us to pray. And you'll notice that in that model prayer, when Jesus says, pray like this, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy, great, and mighty, almighty God, you're set apart. And you'll see that Daniel does the same thing here, doesn't he? He starts off his prayer not with a grocery list of things that he wants done, but he starts off his prayer with, O Lord, great and awesome God, who is faithful. Jumping to verse 5, he says, We have sinned, we have done what is wrong 
and wicked. We have rebelled by turning away from your commandments and standards. We have not paid attention to your servants, the prophets who spoke by your authority to our kings, our leaders, and our ancestors, and to all the inhabitants of the land as well. Now, can we pull back for just a moment and see something here? Daniel is one of the very few people throughout all of Scripture. He's up there with Joseph and Jesus and others. One of the very few people noted in Scripture that Scripture doesn't say anything wrong about him. And yet, what is he saying? We have sinned. He is praying on behalf of his people. And yet, he himself has been blameless before the Lord. Verse 7, he says, You are righteous, O Lord, but we are humiliated this day, the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries in which you have scattered them, because they have behaved unfaithfully toward you. O Lord, we have been humiliated, our kings, our leaders, and our ancestors, because we have sinned against you, yet the Lord our God is compassionate and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Now, how many of you guys can also agree with what Daniel just said in verse 9? Yet the Lord our God is compassionate and forgiving, even though, everyone say with me, even though we have rebelled against him. How many of you guys know that God's compassionate to you, even though we've rebelled against him? I mean, that's the whole reason why we're here. We have rebelled against God, and he would have all justice and authority and righteousness to just destroy us where we're at. It would be fully justified if he just struck me dead right now as we're speaking. Now, that would be really awkward for you if that happened, Walt, you'd have to just jump in. But God would be fully justified if he did that because I have rebelled against him. But because of Christ, but God, who is rich in mercy and compassion, we are here. And in the words of Paul, I am what I am because of the grace of God. And Daniel is just an Old Testament example of what Paul was saying in the New Testament. He goes on in verse 9 or verse 10, we have not obeyed the Lord our God by living according to his laws that he set before us through his servants, the prophets. Verse 11, all Israel has broken your law and turned away by not obeying you. Therefore, you have poured out on us the judgment solemnly threatened in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against you. He has carried out his threats against us and our rulers who were over us by bringing great calamity on us. What has happened to Jerusalem has never been equaled under all of heaven. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, so all this calamity has come on us. Still we have not tried to pacify the Lord our God by turning back from our sin and by seeking wisdom from your reliable moral standards. Verse 14, the Lord was mindful of the calamity and he brought it on us. For the Lord our God is just in all he has done, and we have not obeyed him. Now, you'll notice that there's a lot of Daniel's prayer. He's spending a lot of time recording the judgments, the righteousness of God. And what does that mean for us personally? Sometimes we've had this thought before, maybe you've heard people say this before, that hell is kind of overkill, I mean, have you ever thought about that? That hell might be a little bit over the top. You're saying, God, just because I said a little white lie or I stole a candy bar when I was 15 at the drugstore that I should go to hell for all eternity? That's like, 
kind of a lot, you know, because I disobeyed my parents. I should now burn in the flames of hell forever. Like, this is, this is a bit much, Lord, right? To our own standard, maybe. But let's now bring some perspective. We did not speak the universe into existence. Therefore, we don't get to make the rules. We don't get to call the shots. But I want to share with you something with regard to the judgment of God and how it relates to hell and to mankind and all those things. Think of yourself when you were a child, a young child. And what would happen if you lied to your parent or guardian and then they found out? Can you say chancla, right? (laughs) There would be a level of consequence if you lied and they found out and, right? Now, let's elevate it. You're older. You're in a very high case in the federal courts. There's a lot on the line. And you are now brought to testify, and you're on the witness stand. You lay your hand on the Bible, and you raise your hand and say, I will solemnly tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me, God. And then you lie to a federal judge, and to the jury, and to the witnesses, to the people. Depending on the case, what would be your consequence then? It's still lying, right? It's still the same sin of lying, but what's the difference now? What would the consequence be? You would be looking at some serious prison time depending on the case, right? But what was the difference? First, you were a child who lied to your parent. It was who you lied to that determined the consequence. When you were at the courtroom and you lied to a federal judge, now the consequence has elevated because the situation and who you sinned against has elevated. Okay, There is a perfect, holy, eternal, infinite God who spoke the universe into existence. And when he says, be holy for I am holy and he is completely pure. And when we sin one little drop that contaminates everything. And God is fully just as the infinite righteous God to give us an infinitely righteous judgment in hell. That's why When we rebel against God outside of Christ, that is what we deserve because of who we've sinned against. Not necessarily the sin itself, but who we have sinned against. And we see that Daniel knows this very well because judgment is all throughout his prayer. Now, something else to be thinking about is we often sing a lot about God's love, right? Him being the chain breaker, the way maker, we sing a lot about these things But how often do we sing and pray about his judgments towards us or to the world or so on and so forth? These things are real too. God is a God of justice. Do we praise him for also being a God of justice? Or do we praise him only for what he does for us? Think about where our prayers are coming from. Verse 15, he goes on and says, Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with great power. And if you've read the, books of, the book of Exodus, you know there was some great power involved in God delivering them. And made a name for yourself that is remembered to this day. We have sinned and behaved wickedly, O Lord, according to all your justice. Please turn your raging anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For due to our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors, Jerusalem and your people are mocked by all our neighbors. Now, I'm going to share something with you. 
And I hope you don't get offended, but it is the truth, and I care more about giving you the truth than I do about you not being offended, so there's that. Notice how Daniel, though he was blameless before the Lord, he saw his countrymen and himself in the same boat, and he prayed for them on behalf of their iniquity and that God was going to judge them and how they were in wrong standing with God. May the Lord rebuke us for what I'm about to share. There have been too many Christians who have looked at our countrymen in various offices within the United States, and we have just simply pointed the finger and we have caused division more than praying for them, more than loving them, more than begging God to have mercy on their soul to save them. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977